The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So in Buddhist circles, there's a story which is popularly, popularly told, which goes back to the time of the Buddha, of uh, there being a king who um, approached his queen, his wife, and um, asked her, who was it that she loved the most? Who did she hold as being most dear? And I imagine that this king was maybe a little bit, as maybe some kings are, a little bit full of himself, self-importance. And, uh, you know, the center of attention all the time. So probably he was expecting or even demanding that the answer be, well, you, of course, dear. You're the most important. You hold, you, I love you the most. You're the most dear. But she said, I hold myself most dear. And so he didn't like this answer. So he, um, they said, I don't know who decided, but they decided to go visit the Buddha. And uh, they explained this little conversation to the Buddha. And the Buddha um, replied and said, she's right. Um, each person is most dear to themselves. And um, some people hear this story and it's a little bit surprising. Um, some people don't have much capacity to love themselves or care for themselves or respect for themselves. Some people have received certain conditioning from their society or their religion or whatever that that puts them on tremendous, makes them tremendously self sensitive to uh, not being selfish. And anything that seems self-centered or focus on oneself, one's own goodness, one's own happiness, one's own well-being, is considered something to be pushed away or denied. I've known people who felt that they weren't really allowed to feel meditative joy. There was somehow a sin to feel that because it was selfish. It was you know you're supposed to just suffer and sacrifice and. I don't know what exactly they believe in that religion, but but um, but certainly the idea of being selfish, focus on oneself, for some people is very hard. But the, kind of the assumption or the, the the premise in Buddhism is that it's possible to look upon oneself with deep, kind regard, with generosity of spirit, looking at oneself as one, and be um, and have a certain kind of love or friendliness or goodwill. Uh, towards oneself. And because it's such a premise in Buddhism, the, uh, the approach to developing and cultivating loving-kindness is uh, usually done by starting by cultivating it towards oneself, to strengthening the wish or the capacity for goodwill towards oneself. And uh, then, only then is it, uh, do we cultivate it towards other people. And part of the reason for that is that if you have a personal reference point physical, direct feeling or sense or experience of goodwill towards yourself and even more so the capacity to feel happy and well in yourself, peaceful, safe in yourself, then it's easier to have a, 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 to know what you're wishing when you wish that for someone else. If you have no experience of safety, no experience of real happiness in yourself, no experience of loving yourself, no experience of peace really for yourself, then you might have some general abstract idea, it's a good idea for other people and you wish it for them. 
But it's a, it's a very different than if you really, really know it for yourself and you can, the capacity for empathy and imagining yourself in someone else's shoes is so much stronger. And I think it's easier than to kind of have a more deeper, more connected feeling of goodwill for someone else when you have that as a reference point. So that's the theory, that's the assumption. So in, classically, we start by doing loving kindness practice with oneself. And then as that is a foundation, we start doing it towards others. Um, now, it seems that there are enough people here in America, at least, for whom there's a rather, rather problematic relationship they have with themselves. And um, in the, you know, the, the, the most difficult person in their life is themselves. <laughs> and there's a lot of you know, the inner critic, the self-criticism, feeling of unworthiness, inadequate in many ways. Um, there's all kinds of co- neurotic complexes we have about attitudes towards ourselves that get in the way of feeling this beautiful feeling of goodwill or generosity of spirit towards here. We feel like we don't deserve it. We feel all kinds of things. So when that's the case, then sometimes we start with someone else, doing, uh, touching into the feeling of goodwill towards other people, someone else who it's easy for, with the hope that we can then, once we have established there and have a sense of it there, then at some point we can bring it back to ourselves. Um, we're a person just like anybody, another person in the world. And we're just as deserving, in a sense, or worthy of wishing the best f- as anybody else we want to wish the best for. Not to do it in a selfish way, because selfishness in Buddhism, it's just understood, you'll see this for yourself if you do mindfulness practice, when you're selfish, you're contracted. When you're selfish, there's a suffering that's part of selfishness. There's a kind of tightening down or a kind of, a kind of obsessiveness that doesn't feel good. To really wish yourself well, you have to kind of relax or dissolve selfishness because you can't really be well if you're selfish. So it's not meant to be selfish, this kind of self-love or self-genius this way. But it is considered important. And so... So as I've said a number of times, it's classically in our tradition, one begins the practice of cultivating goodwill, loving kindness, by doing it towards oneself. For many people, that's difficult. It's a challenge, but it's well worth rising to the challenge and trying to find out how can, how can you have it, look upon yourself in such a way that you see yourself or you hold yourself or you come forth out of yourself with feeling good about yourself or at least being generous towards yourself as opposed to being critical or ungenerous towards yourself. So the topic for the next little discussion that I'd like you to have among yourself is what are the ways, what are the appropriate, healthy, good, useful ways that you can have goodwill, loving kindness, generosity of generous attitude and how you hold yourself? How can you have goodwill towards yourself? I mean, not, not in the abstract, you know, oh yes, you know. But, you know, what, 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 what are the ways in which you can, or you already do, look upon yourself and hold yourself gener- generously? Or what, what, what would it take for you to do that? What are the conditions that support that, allow that to happen? That's the topic. And, um, and it's not so much what, you know, some people gravitate so quickly to why it's difficult. So be a little bit, guard yourself a little bit, that as you do start this conversation, you don't kind of, slide into all the reasons why it's hard to do this. 
Right? It's hard to have goodwill or loving kindness or generosity towards yourself. Um, it's okay to touch on it a little bit, but don't get lost there. Um, you know, stay focused and see, explore and, and see what, how is it that you can, and what experiences in your life have you had of having goodwill towards yourself? When in your life have you had the most positive attitude towards yourself that was really meaningful that you had that? And, um, well, you know, you have a reference point like that at some point in your life. So, so is that clear enough or gives you enough to get into? And what I thought would be nice is that if you would do that with one other person and uh, have a conversation back and forth. Uh, make sure you have both talk the same. Don't let one, make sure one person doesn't talk, do most of, the, most of the talking. But it can be kind of a free conversation back and forth where you explore this for yourself. Is that okay? So um, maybe it'll be maybe about 10 minutes or so, 10, 12 minutes or so perhaps, that um, the two of you will have a chance to talk. So um, you have any questions about that? So, and you might want to spread out a little bit so that uh, you don't um, hear other people's conversations so you can stay focused on yours. So, um, so any comments that uh, anyone would like to make? Any, anything you want to say or bring up based on that exploration, that discussion? Any issues come up, questions, reports, surprises? Certainly was a lot of energy in here. <laughs> the interesting thing that arose in our conversation was how clear it became that meta toward ourselves was like a mirror image of meta toward that we have toward other difficult people. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the interesting thing that came out for me was just to be able to identify when is it that I can give easily give. Um, kindness, loving kindness, or generosity towards myself, and when is it that I can't? And it usually came down to some really in, in, uh, specific things, like um, when I'm feeling open-hearted and generous, just open-hearted for whatever reason, it's easier to give loving kindness than when I'm feeling closed down. If I'm feeling shut down, it's hard to give loving kindness to myself. also saw that... Um, Loving kindness towards myself comes more easily in situations that are uh, emotionally strong or where I'm uh, uh, emotionally um, loaded, um, such as grief, or um, where I'm a witness to something that's very powerful. Um, and it's nothing I can do except witness it. Um, and But then I'm realizing this, with practice, that choice comes in those situations. I have a choice to start... You know, may I f feel safe? May, may I be content? You know, so forth. Uh -huh. So, um, to see these these differences. Beautiful. Helpful. Yeah. Uh, I guess I noticed the difference um, when I was listening to hearing the person talking about being generous with themselves compared to when I was listening to them 
criticizing or analyzing themselves, how that felt for me. Like I had some sense of joy hearing this other person talk well of themselves and what they do. On the other side, I was like, ah. <laughs> I, I, like wanting them to see, uh, wanting them to kind of go back in that other direction and hold themselves in kindness mm-hmm. in that area too. Yeah. That seems like a normal, 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 respo- normal enough response. I think the, as far as loving kindness for myself, the dilemma was, sure, that's, you know, something I always strive to do and, and think I practice, but how do I know when I'm actually, have accomplished that? Because just about everything I do is pretty much a good thing for myself or other people. But I think I learned that for me, it's like, I need to learn to maybe feel learn to feel maybe what the possibilities are when I'm loving and kind to myself. So there's some blank emotional <clears throat> possibility there. So I don't feel it. Like when, you, when I'm meditating on love, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard for me to feel what love is. I could, I might have to think back as my innocent self, then I could feel some compassion but it's something I'm working on, the feelings, the emotions. Otherwise, it's just an abstract thought. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm loving and kind to myself. Exactly, yes. What, what, it's yeah. like, it's empty. So that's yeah. my, I think. So I think that, that, that I mean, this is one of the, hopefully, results of something like meditation practice is our capacity to feel uh, becomes bigger and it, uh, we become more integrated, more holistic, where it, it there's more than just thinking, more, or, or, or for people who feel too much, more than just feeling going on. It becomes integrated in the different capacities we have, work together harmoniously, and then we have a different reference point for all this. And, um, and I think that the, the kindness, the love, the goodwill can become much stronger than, also more stable. Yeah, because uh, I don't have problems with the actions of being loving, loving and kindness to myself. It's... it's the feeling part that seems to be missing. Or is it? I don't know. <laughs> well, one of the ways to find out, I mean, there's many ways of finding out, but one of the ways to find out is to uh, sit still in meditation for a long time. And it'll become clear. Hi, everyone. Um, one thing that, that became apparent to me was that something I had done uh, a couple of years ago that I thought was to affect other people, I thought it was sort of a clever thing. Um, I had hung a sign on my front door that said, please remove your shoulds. <laughs> <laughs> so people would come in the house and they'd take their shoes off 
because they assume that that's, you know, what it's... <laughs> and I would point out, no, no, it's just, your shirts are what you, you know, leave your shirts outside, but... Uh, <laughs> so when we, we did this little exercise, it, it suddenly dawned on me that I was really doing this as a reminder to myself every time I came home to mm. leave my shirts out. Nice. Outdoors. Beautiful. Um, in our talk, I was re- um, we were both realizing asking for what we want uh, is a, of course, conditions, some conditions are better than others for, for that. But more often I'm finding myself just, just asking very simply for what I want, as if, as if uh, I'm worthy of at least asking. Uh, and, and, and the results have been very good. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I was celebrating it. Um, and the other thing, Gil, what you said this morning is... Um, it really reverberating with me is, and it was something about giving space around whatever we're feeling, so that, so that we're not troubled by what the mind is doing. Uh, that seems really important for for my inner environment. Beautiful, yeah. Uh, and I, I, that's the challenge to which I hope to rise because, it's, um, it's not always easy. I mean, you know, it seems subtle uh, to allow that space around whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. So that was one of, the, one of the things I said in the guided meditation was to do that, make, make awareness really big and hold it. And um, the idea of an expansive mind or expansive awareness that can hold what's there um, as opposed to fix it or change it or react to it, it makes life a lot easier. And so if you make your mind big enough, and sometimes the idea is to make your mind so big, it's like as big as Redwood City, you know, the awareness is... Sometimes you have to make it as big as California to hold some things, but you make it expand in a sense. Almost, almost, some people almost by imagery, but expand it. And then um, you're less claustrophobic, less caught by things, and there's more, cho- more choice, more possibility of, of not being pushed around by it or seeing the wise way of going forward. It's a very useful thing. talking about uh, removing your shoes, shoot before coming in, that kind of made me, um, it was similar to what I talked about, that um, I think I was very critical toward myself and not as loving because I had all the shoot <laughs> inside of me that um, once I kind of put down all these things, expectation of, that I couldn't meet, then that's why I was always critical. When once I put that down, I felt like I became so much freer and so much nicer to myself and kinder. So I think some points when you learn to let go of all these rules and shit that you grew up with, it's just life is so much freer, easier, Beautiful, yeah. and kinder. You can be kinder to yourself, yeah. too, and others. Yeah, sometimes it's a kind of almost like ironic or paradox that, you know, when you give up, I sh- you should be kind. <laughs> 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 then, then you'll be kinder. 
Okay. So, um, so one of the, I think one of the really important things to explore in any, I think probably any religious tradition, spiritual tradition, but certainly in Buddhism, is to, to get, uh, explore, get familiar with, get wise about the relationship you have to yourself. And uh, I think it's very easy to go through a life and never question it or never even be aware of it or just take it for granted. It's like the, like, you know, like this thing about the, the fish isn't supposed to see the water it swims in. Uh, we don't see the attitudes that we, that we float in, that we drown in towards ourselves. And it's, those are there operating all the time. And some of them are harmful and not useful and not even accurate. And some can be quite beneficial and helpful. And, and the direction we're trying to go in Buddhism, one of the directions, is um, towards being able to relate to oneself in a generous, open, relaxed, peaceful way so that that relationship is one that's nurturing and supportive as opposed to uh, undermining. So it, it, it takes a long time to try to turn things around, but it start, starts by becoming cognizant, becoming aware of what's that adi- what attitude you carry about yourself. And as you become aware of it, if it's not good news, uh, then, um, then a very important part of this is to relate, try to find a way to hold it lightly. And uh, don't uh, let it pull you down even more. Just realize that it's hard to be a human. We get conditioned very powerfully and you don't, you don't have to take it personally, what you do to yourself. <laughs> and uh, just, you know, it's, it's happening and now you'll work with it and try to find a wiser way. So um, that was the first half of our morning in loving kindness, our day in loving kindness. So we'll take a lunch break now, and I thought we could start again in here at maybe one thirty. So give us a little bit more than an hour. For those of you who are new to these days, um, if you brought lunch, uh, we we talk during lunch, we hang out at lunchtime, and people who know how to do it will bring out tables. You can take some of the table, the tables, and even take them outside, and uh, it's just nice to be out in the fresh air. And the chairs as well, as long as you bring them in at the end of lunch. And, um, and if you're n- relatively new to our community and don't know anybody, um, I'd encourage you, uh, you know, if you're inclined, unless you want to be on your own, um, to um, just sit down with someone, <laughs> you know, a group of people. Uh, don't be shy. This, uh, mo- most of the people who are here are not. They're friendly people. <laughs> and um, and uh, so just, you know, and those of you who are friendly, those friendly people, <laughs> you know, be friendly. <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know, just, you know, please, if you're new, introduce yourself or just be a little bit more, you know, step, step forward into people and say hello. And so, um, so we'll start again at 1.30. Thank you. Let's uh, start the afternoon with a sitting, and um, we can start with a period of silent sitting together, and then uh, I'll do some, offer you some guided or reflective meditation near the end.
as we continue, I'd like to guide you in a somewhat common practice of loving-kindness. And it's often said that the common practice of loving-kindness doesn't require you to feel any emotion of kindness or love or goodwill, but it relies on your wish or your intention that someone be well. Feelings might arise which support the practice, but they're not required. And the practice involves three different elements, primary elements. First is to bring someone to mind, some person for whom you are going to have metta, have goodwill, loving kindness. And then <clears throat> with whatever goodwill that you could generate or have, have, you express that with an intention that they be well. And then you express that intention by using particular phrases that you repeat over and over again. So there's the person, there's the intention, and there are the phrases. And as you get your, <clears throat> your mind involved holding all three elements at the same time, the idea is to get concentrated or focused on this so you're not less likely distracted or caught up in thoughts, but just you get absorbed in just this activity of practicing loving-kindness. So to begin with yourself, See if you can bring up an image of yourself or a sense of yourself or an impression of yourself where you can relate to yourself with goodwill. A sense of well-wishing and kind regard, a generosity of spirit towards yourself. Some people find it helpful to tune into the heart area, maybe feel some gentleness or tenderness there as they feel themselves. And then see if you can find a wish or an intention that you wish yourself well you hope that you can be happy and where the goodwill you have is expressed in a wish, a kind of a wish, well-wishing, that feels good to have. It would be wonderful if this person here who happens to be me could be happy. And then to give expression and strength or meaning to this 
intention, repeat the following phrases silently to yourself. And as you say the phrases, when you get to the end of each phrase, let it be kind of like you've opened the door, opened a window to welcome in something, something new. Maybe something connected to the phrase. So then silently repeat these words. May I be happy. May I be safe? May I be healthy? May I be at ease. May I be happy. May I be health, uh, may I be safe. be healthy. May I be at ease. And as you say the phrases, kind of sink into the meaning of the phrase in such a way that you let go of any other thoughts or reservations you might have. May I be happy. May I be healthy. be at ease.
And now bring to mind someone in your life, someone you know for whom it's quite easy or relatively easy to feel friendship, goodwill, well-wishing. And bring this person to mind, hopefully someone for whom the relatively uncomplicated relationship where your goodwill can be simple and straightforward. You can visualize the person or remember them or sense them. And if possible to see if you can you know, connect to your sense of goodwill or friendship towards them, well-wishing with the intention for their well-being. And see if you can then express your intention with these phrases. And as you say the phrases, seeing if you can connect to a well-wishing that feels satisfying to you, meaningful to have this, this generosity of spirit for this person. May you be happy. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. Trying to let go of any extra thoughts you have and connect to your love or friendship or goodwill for this person as if your goodwill was radiating from you, opening up towards this person. Letting the words be like water that waters a seed. May you be happy.
be healthy. And now take into mind that you're in a room here full of other people. People much like you. And with your eyes closed, see if you can be open to including the people who are all around you, somehow in the sphere, the orbit of your attention. As if awareness is a light bulb that shines in all directions, that your awareness shine out or be move out to the whole all directions in this room to all the people here see if you can extend out radiate out your thoughts your wishes of that'd be really good if these people here could all be happy safe healthy As you, as you repeat the following phrases, let that last word of each phrase be like dropping a pebble in a pond. Let your awareness radiate out that quality out into the room to the people here. May all of you be happy May all of you be safe. May all of you be healthy. you be at ease. So one more time, see if you can have a sense of generosity or kindness or goodwill or well-wishing, 
for the people here in this room and do it in a way that feels meaningful or satisfying. Perhaps because your heart is open, your awareness is open, your body is relaxed. Perhaps it's a delightful idea that these people could be happy. Perhaps it's wonderful that there are people who can wish each other happiness. May all of you be happy. May all of you be safe. May all of you be healthy. May all of you be at ease. sitting, you can take a few long, deep breaths. And get ready to open your eyes.